What does it mean to pray? Prayer is your connection to God. Prayer is your strength, your refuge, and your power. Prayer gives you what you need to tackle the pressures of this life on earth. So I'm your girl, Sierra Campbell, here to encourage you. Prayers to the Young Girl is a podcast here to motivate you and to cultivate a life of intercessory and to show you that you can overcome any and everything with the power of the Holy Spirit. So welcome, and I hope you enjoy. Hey girl. Hey. Welcome back. I am ready to talk to you guys just about what God is doing today. Every day <laughs> has been doing the last few days. He's just so good. He is just so good to me, to my family, to my friends. I just thank God for the things that we take for granted. Life waking up every day. Seeing my baby girl smile every day. I'm just I'm just grateful. And I want to talk today about how God is a good God. He is such a good God. And last episode I talked a little bit about how God is love. And I just want to dive a little bit deeper into that because of course him being love and him loving us is what makes him such a good God. And knowing that you have a person, a being, a spirit, however you identify with who God is to you, but having that someone who would literally sacrifice their most precious gift being a child so that you could have a better life is beyond uh, my imagination, honestly, because I couldn't imagine sacrificing my Kobe to prove to someone that I love them or so that they could have a better life. But God is just that good to us. And When I just take the time to sit with just the depth in, not only did you sacrifice your son for me, not only did you take the time to recognize my lack, not only did you take the time to just care, care enough for me to be better that you would make such a stance. And when I dive deeper into it, even going back to the beginning of the days of time and how our Lord, how our God, how our Father took the time to make such this beautiful creation of the world, um, not just earth, <laughs> But all of the stars, all of the planets, the ocean, just everything, the beautiful creation that is this world, it's just so amazing. And it's the fact that you have this almighty being, this all-knowing, all-powerful being who creates this 
beautiful, beautiful paradise. That's just going to be how I describe it, right? This beautiful paradise. And he says, you know what? This is beautiful, but I need someone to share it with. I need to create something to enjoy this beauty. And that's where we came, me and you. God said, I would like for you humans to be free and to enjoy this beautiful creation that I have made without any cost. You don't got to do anything. You don't have to pay anything. All you got to do is live. Name a few animals, name some plants, and it's all yours. Imagine that. Imagine somebody come to you and say, hey, I don't really know you like that, but I'm going to give you everything I own. You ain't got to do nothing for it. I'm just going to give it to you because I feel like you have potential and that you will really enjoy it. Mind blowing, right? Well, (laughs) that's how I had to break down how God views us. And all of that is because he loves us. He says that we are his children. And when you have a child, you just want to give them the best. You want to give them the world. You want to be able to say that you tried. You want them to be able to grow up and be happy and be thankful and grateful that you gave it your all. And so with God, As his children, he wants us to be able to just acknowledge that he is good. He wants us to be able to just acknowledge that his love is so great. His love is so sufficient that we just be thankful. He could give us everything that we ever wanted. But will we truly be thankful? And it's because of sin that we have forgotten and become lost and truly who is the person that we ought to be thinking we've gotten blinded by the world and its possessions that we don't understand that the true gifts of life that the true meaning of life comes from God we wouldn't be here without him because he's so good And although we made mistakes, as children do, although we lost sight of who our father was and what he wanted for us, he still was good enough to come up with a plan. He came up with a plan to create another being like us, but this time he would be without fault. This time he would possess the gift and the like sorry he would possess the gifts and the likeness of God himself he would come on this earth and he would face the same temptations we're faced with and he would perform miracles and he would give blessings and he would pray for people he would do all these things he would be born the same way we were born from our mother's womb however he would possess 
the goodness of God that is so mighty that he would be able to walk this earth without fault, without flaw, and without sin. Not not being tempted with sin, but he wouldn't engage in sin. And that is because of the goodness of God. But the example of Jesus Christ was to also show us that even in this flesh, even though we will be tempted, that the goodness of God is still mightier. God's love is still greater. And if we tap into the example of Christ and how though he was tempted, though he was burdened, even when John the Baptist was killed, he took time and he decided to go away from people and spend time with God so that he could be restored and rejuvenated, even in his grief. In the natural, in this flesh, a lot of times we just react before we think. And if we took a moment to pause and seek God first and understand that through his Holy Spirit, we could possess those same gifts. We could truly live this life and strive to be perfection in Christ. I know it's the saying that everybody likes to say nobody's perfect. We are all born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Meaning we all got junk. <laughs> we all got flaws. We all are born in sin. Evilness, wickedness reigns all around us. However, when you accept Jesus Christ, when you accept that he was an example of perfection, when you accept that God is a good God, that God loves in spite of, when you accept those things, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you and it fills you up. And now you are able to possess those same gifts. You are able to speak to your flesh and say that it will not reign you. It will not control you. You are able to, to be strengthened in God. You are able to gain that that hope, that wisdom, that power that he promises us. Because he's a good God. He wouldn't leave us without. In 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, it says that God will provide a way of escape. Even through our temptation, he will always provide a way of escape. And for me, I always had a challenge with that because I would go through life like, okay, he provided a way of escape, but dang, bruh, I keep sinning. Um, sorry, my DC accent came out just a little bit, but <laughs> I am just getting to the place where I understand that scripture a little bit more. And I believe that when God says that he will provide a way of escape, it translates into he will give us all the tools that we need to escape. So for me, when I'm struggling with 
promiscuous thoughts and habits and old nature tries to attack me or when I have the um when I have the desire to go into uh, a state of depression and lowness or when anger starts to try to creep up on me and I want to retaliate against someone. All of this not so good stuff. All of these things that was there when I wasn't striving to be like Christ. But once I started striving to be like Christ and I changed my view, my mom has this saying that, you know, we... um have tunnel vision. She used to always say, you you, you looking with tunnel vision. And I it actually used to bother me. It, it, I didn't like it. But <laughs> I have learned from that that having tunnel vision simply means you're only looking at it from one perspective, one way. But when I took on the lens of Christ, I was able to view my life in a different way. I was able to view my life and not say, well, dang, you know, where was my way of escape? Well, how come I can't figure out how to get over this hump? Or how come I can't figure out how to let these things go? It was because I wasn't viewing it like I had the power. I wasn't viewing it like I had the strength. I wasn't viewing it like God was so good to me that he would give me exactly the tools that I needed. That he had already given me the tools that I needed. So now when those sins come about and those old nature come about, I can look at it and say, wait a minute, I have the power to overcome this. So let me seek my father. Let me stop for a moment and let me pray. Let me pray through this. Always going to bring it back to prayer. (laughs) Because it truly is your strength and your refuge. Prayer is your connection to God, truly. If you're praying in that moment, you can't sin and pray at the same time. My sister told me that. We'll never forget it. You cannot sin and pray at the same time. Because where God is, evilness and wickedness cannot be. He's such a good God. He's such, such a good God. He gave his son to die for us, to love us, to pave the way for us, to give us the Holy Spirit so we we could understand that we truly do possess the power and we are able and worthy of goodness, of love. And we can strive to be perfect. We can strive. Our whole goal is to strive to be like Christ so that we can reach a place of eternal perfection. (laughs) Life beyond this world that has no faults. That's the goal. So we have to let go of our expectations of God. We, too, we put too much expectations on God on what we think he should do for us. We think he should just get rid of these wicked thoughts. We think he should just be able to bless us with the things we need so we're not struggling. We have these very, very 
unrealistic expectations of God. God is not a genie in a bottle. He is a being who longs for our relationship and our love and to respect him and to honor him for all he has already given us. There was a point in time that I had too many expectations for my parents. I expected them to be something beyond what they had already shown me they were in a good way. They had already shown themselves worthy of being honored for being great parents, for making sure that I had clothes on my back, for making sure that I ate, that I had a roof over my head, that I was provided for, that I was loved that I was shown gratefulness, that I was shown how to love others, that I was shown how to read, how to write. I was given education. All of the things that we sometimes take for granted because our expectations are out of this world. And so I had to realize, wow, one day it just registered. You know what? They have truly done the best that they could do. And that ought to be enough. But the difference between our parents and God is he can do no wrong. There is no wrong in him. Everything that God does is good. The problem is we're looking for to understand everything. But some things are not meant to understand. And that's why the scripture tells us that his peace that is in us will surpass all understanding. Because sometimes it's just about trust. It's just about trust. We go to school. We may not always understand the problems or the the education, the readings. We may not always understand our exact roles on our job when we first start, but we trust that it'll come. We trust that we will gain the knowledge. And that is how we got to view God. The truthfulness in God is that he's always here. His love is patient. It's kind. He wants to teach us how to love like he loves, how to love each other, and also how to love him. We have to learn how to be patient and know that God knows everything that we need. He knows all of our wants, all of our desires. He knows all of our pains, all of our struggles, everything that we need, everything that we have been through. He knows it all. So we have to be patient with him. We have to be kind enough to know that he is a good God. We have to be careful not to allow negativity to rule our minds, but to allow positivity to show us truly who he is. And in that, we learn to be grateful. We learn to be thankful because we have a good God. We have a God who has sacrificed for us, who at the drop of the hat could wipe wipe us all out without an opportunity to be better, without an opportunity to enjoy life. 
and its goodness. Family and friends, food, entertainment. We're blessed. Because it doesn't have to be this way. So take a moment and just thank God for being good. Thank him. Though in spite of sin, he chose to love us. He chose to sacrifice for us. Isn't that great? I am just so thankful, so thankful, so thankful (laughs) because I am so undeserving of such a good God. But the thing about love is sometimes it's not about whether you deserve it or not through actions. But when you love someone, it's not measured by works. It's in your heart. And so I thank God that he loves me that much. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for an opportunity to know you more. I thank you for an opportunity to possess the love that is never failing. The love that is without fault. I thank you, O God, that you are good to us. That you gave us your son to die for us so that we could have a life and have it more abundantly, so that we could be better, so that we could learn to love like you, so we could learn to be kind and to be patient and to not boast in our wrong. We thank you, Lord, for an opportunity to do it again, an opportunity to be right before your eyes, to strive for the perfection and the example of Jesus Christ. We thank you, God, for always giving us a way of escape for the peace that surpasses our own knowledge and our own understanding. And God, we ask you for your, for your wisdom, for your wisdom, for your power, for the grace, for discernment. Help us, God, to recognize when you are here, when your presence is with us. Help us to be able to, to stop and to take a moment and to pause and to just pray and talk to you about what we're feeling, what's going on in our surroundings, our friends, our family. Help us to learn how to tap into the Holy Spirit, God, that you have given us so that we can overcome, so that we can be greater and greater, so that we can be better, Lord. Help us, God, to see ourselves, to see, God, the goodness and the blessings that you have already given us in this world. Help us to acknowledge your goodness so that we can then understand what it means to love like you and to accept your love. Help us to accept the love that you have given us. Help us to accept the love that you have placed inside of people around us so that we can feel your presence through them. Allow us to always have our eyes open our ears open to the things of you, God. I rebuke anything, God, that is not like you. 
against my life, against my sister's lives, against their families, their friends, God. Anyone who comes in contact with them, God, they will see your light. They will see healing. They will see change. They will see goodness. They will see gratefulness. They will see the power of the Holy Spirit that is inside of them. So, God, I come against any spirit of depression, any spirit, God, of loneliness. Anything, God, of anger, envy, jealousness. Anything, oh God, that is not like you. We pray against it in the name of Jesus. That we will decrease so that you may increase in us. Thank you, Lord, for being a good God. Help us to forgive those who have wronged us. Help us, God, to be more like you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. I love y'all. See you next time. Wow, I am filled with the love of Christ, and I hope you are too. I pray you walked away from this episode with just a little more strength, a little more fight, and a lot more power. Continue to pray without ceasing, and remember that God sees you, and He hears you. I am here for you, my sister, lifting you up in prayer, holding your hand as we journey as disciples together, tackling the adversities of living in the flesh, but operating by the Spirit. I love you, my sis. But God loves you best. Please like, comment, follow. But more importantly, share this blessing of faith with another sister and go forth inspired with glorious deeds to do. See you soon.